This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. I just have one slide. Uh, it's one of my favorite sayings. Seems right does not equal is right. And I would say, I would love to, sh- you know, I'm on social media from time to time. Okay, a lot of time. And uh, I would really, I, I may put, put this up there because... I noticed in my own life, and it seems to that I can notice in other people's lives, that people are living a life that seems right, but that doesn't mean it is right. And, and so uh, I like this, this statement that seems right is not the same as is right. For the longest time, uh, my, we were poor, we didn't have a chance, I, I didn't know what real orange juice tasted like. So we had tang. Anybody remember tang? Well, let me tell you something. Tang is not orange juice, but I didn't know that there was real orange juice. Um, You know, I remember, you know, some of you who have ever eaten a hostess apple pie from the grocery checkout line, you know, that one they sell for a dollar. That's not the same. It's called apple pie, but it's not the same as grandma's apple pie. Amen? Or I can imagine... Paula making an apple pie. I mean, you know that's got to be a hundred times better than what I've consumed too many. Uh, back in the day, to keep myself awake on my travels, I used to eat Twinkies, you know, and I, I'll gross you out a little bit. It would be a box of Twinkies for my one direction of a drive about seven hours. I know. When you're young, you're not so smart. Uh, a burger from a fast food chain um, it is a burger, but it's not like the real burger. I've had, I've had a burger, what they call farm-to-table burger. Have you ever had one of those? I mean, it tastes different. I remember having bacon from a farm-to-table uh, restaurant. Bacon, and it was really interesting that it did not taste like bacon, but it was the real bacon. I'm so accustomed to the cheap bacon that I think that's the real bacon, when in fact it's not the real bacon. It's not the real bacon. And so uh, I can go on and on. And so what seems right does not mean it is right. They may feel the same, might have the same texture, but at the end, it's not the same. Proverbs chapter fourteen twelve says, and this is the English Standard Version, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. It feels right. You know, we live in a culture that does things because it feels right or it seems right. But at the end, it's the way to death. And I, one of the things I want to challenge us in our sermon today is that we're, as we're going through the book of Galatians, it's the same thing. The Galatian church has lost its way. They, they felt pressure uh, they fall in pressure to peer pressure and, and uh, the people pleasing. And, you know, Paul has to rebuke Peter because he's a people pleaser. And he's trying to, so it wasn't so much theological, although it was theological. So they were trying to add something to the doctrine of salvation and what it means to be saved. They were adding stuff and, and it seemed right It felt right, but Paul is telling the Galatians church, it is not right. And that he's trying to get us back into synchronization with the word of God, with Jesus. 
and the church had gotten out of sync. You remember a few weeks ago, I showed you a picture of a three-legged race, and Paul is admonishing the church, and, and I believe he's challenging us, is that we want to be in sync with his word, and in sync with the Holy Spirit, and in sync with the, the true definition of what salvation is. But the church had lost its way because it, it seemed right to them. And one of the challenges that we have as a church is, you know, we've been really blessed to have his word, God's word, and we need to read it so that we know that we're doing that which is right and not falling prey to what seems right. We do that all the time. I do that all the time. I used to preach a sermon uh, 30 years ago. And it was an interesting sermon, but basically on the same concept. It's uh, found in 2 Samuel, and David is, is um, taking the Ark of the Covenant, and he's bringing it up to the city of David, uh, Jerusalem, and they were celebrating. And how many know that story with the Ark of the Covenant? And it hits a pothole, right? It, it hits a pothole. I'll read a little bit. It says, And David rose up and went with all the people who were with him and to bring up the Ark of God which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on a hill. And Uzzah and Ahiah, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart with the ark of God. And Ahiah went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen had stumbled. And when they came to uh, the oxen had stumbled, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down before because of his error. And he died there besides the ark of the of God. And, and if you just read this in this context, it seems a little like, why? You know, this Ark of the Covenant is being carried on a cart, and it's brought up, and they're celebrating. David is dancing, you know, and it's a famous story where at the end, David says, you know, I'm going to dance, you know, unashamed, you know, and, he's, and he doesn't have his kingly garments on. And, you know, I think a famous band said, you know, uh, people think that he danced naked, uh, but it's not really true. Uh, but uh, so that's the storyline. Uh, but Uzzah reaches out like a, I think a, a, someone would if you, this beautiful piece of um, furniture that represents the presence of God, the, the holiness of God is about to stumble and he reaches out and he saves it from stumbling and God's anger burns against Uzzah and Uzzah is struck down. And so what seems right, and then there's is right. And, and if you look carefully, the story, again, I said I shared this 30 years ago. Uh, the, the story was that this Ark of the Covenant has a specific design. And in previous chapters in the Old Testament, it, there's explicit instructions how to carry the Ark. And King David, being the king, knows the law. He knows the rules. He knows what, how God designed this ark to be carried. He was supposed to hide it in his heart, the, the laws. But they put it on a cart. And nowhere in scriptures will you find that you're supposed to put this ark on a cart. 
it was supposed to be carried by specific men. Now, why would David put it on a cart? Because it seems right, doesn't it? It's a little bit more convenient. This thing's heavy. And uh, we're going at a slower pace. Let's put it on a cart. It's got wheels, and it's a lot less heavy on the back. I, I could appreciate that. It seems right. It felt right. It looked right. And so they carried on this cart, being pulled by oxen. And, and you're not supposed to carry this ark on a cart or oxen. But David and his men thought, well, what can, what can happen? What, what bad could happen? It's, it's, it's just a cart, and it's just oxen. And, uh, you know, and it may seem a little, uh, you know, like, wow, God came down hard on him. But, uh, again, God's holy. He's good. He's just. There's no flaw in his character. He knows all facts. You know, we don't know all the facts, but also God warned his people to live according to his plan. But they came up with another plan. The most interesting thing is I, I did a little study, and you can go back to Chronicles, is where did David get this idea? Where did they get this idea to carry it on a cart and being pulled by oxen? And you have to go back to the story when uh, Eli's sons used the ark as a rabbit's foot and they went to go to battle. They didn't ask the Lord if they should go to battle. They didn't do it. They just kind of took it out into battle and they lost the battle and the ark was taken. This is huge. Well, you have a bunch of godless people who now have captured this piece of furniture and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know the, the rules. You know, they don't, know, they don't have the design, the engineering design, the, the description of how to carry it. So they did what was practical in their own eyes. And they put it on a cart. You know, eventually God, they were, they were uh, tortured with tumors or hemorrhoids, I think the King James says. You know, it's one of those books you read, your middle schoolers, and they all think it's hilarious. And so, uh, yes, they, they died of bleeding hemorrhoids. You could look it up. Who would ever thought you came to church, you can hear about bleeding hemorrhoids today, right? That's the last thing you would think about. The point I'm trying to make is that something may seem right, but it's not the same as is right. And so, what happens? Well, the, I believe what happened was, and we all do this, and I do this, uh, we looked over and we see how other people are doing things and it makes sense. It seems right. You know how we, you know, we talk about the, the representation of God, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. I think of people, we, you know, we are now, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so how we carry our lives is important as believers. How we carry our lives according to his plans. And, and what we should not ever do, and what King David, I believe, did, he saw an example of, okay, this is how we should carry the ark. You know, it seemed reasonable, but God gave them specific instructions. And I believe God gives 
us specific instructions. Now, you might think there's a more reasonable way of doing things. There is a, a better way that seems right. But at the end, the Bible warns us that what seems right is, doesn't mean it, it is right. And so that's how we get to Galatians. Because in Galatians chapter 2, you could see how the church was acting out in a spirit of it seems right. And Paul had to come in and set the record straight of what it really means for someone to be saved. If you have your Bibles, go to uh, Galatians chapter 2, but let me read there. Uh, verse 15, we're now up to chapter 2, verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And I would love to pause there, but we're going to move forward. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works. And the reason he's saying that is the Galatians were thinking that there's some things that they can do in order to make them justified. And being a Jewish person or a Gentile doesn't make you justified. This is something John the Baptist even talked about. We know that the person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. And, he, and Paul is hammering this truth. Because the Galatians were doing something that seemed right. It seemed right to add circumcision to the process of being saved. And he says, we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But I believe the Galatians church was trying to go back to the law so that they can boast that they participated in their salvation by fulfilling the law. And the works of the law will, uh, says here, of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. It's only through faith in Jesus. And I would like for us to hammer that into our hearts and our minds. It is by faith in Jesus. Are you convinced, are we convinced that Christ's death is the only basis of our right standing before God? Are we trusting Christ alone for our right standing before God? And that's a question that you'll have to ask yourself. Are you trusting in Christ alone? Or is it our good works? And we all need to do good things, but that's not why we are in right standing with Jesus. We're going to see later on in chapter 3, Paul's going to say that the Galatians church got off to a really good start. You know, sometimes I think of uh, my Chi Alpha family. You know, when, I, when you're 18 to 22, it seems like, whew, we got a whole bunch of people on the right start. But you're going to see it in the Galatians church, and I don't chuckle because it's funny. I chuckle because I have a quirk about me. Certain things that I think are sad, I laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens. Um, but they've gotten off track. Now, I'm going to pause for a second. Uh, we have some special guests in our church. And um, sitting back there, the Hardys, they're in the middle there. Their, their kids, their son was part of Chi Alpha 
Tyler and and uh, it, it changed our, our church, our Chi Alpha ministry, his life. And thank you, parents, for investing in them, and thank you for being here. Uh, I was had the blessing to marry their their son up in North Carolina, and uh, what a blessing to be part of their family. Tyler was going to come last week to come share at our church, but he uh, his kids got sick. So, but. Uh, but some people, in, sadly, in Chi Alpha, started off right and have veered off. Some people who, who started off in Jesus, maybe even in this church, started off really good, on fire for God, uh, committed to God's ways. Uh, they've hit their potholes, if you will, and then it has, the alignment has gone off, and now they're, they're going to a different direction in their journey with Jesus. And we're going to see that in Galatians chapter 3. They'll get off to a great start. They ended up changing their strategy for life, and they knew better. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6-7 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And Paul is challenging the church to get back on track to get back in synchronization with the truth that salvation comes through faith in Christ. Not of works, not of genealogy, not family heritage, not through our own doings, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what I believe God is speaking to us. And if you're new to our church, we let the scripture determine the topic. And so the topic for today in chapter 2 is that just because something seems right doesn't make it is right. And, and what seems, well, you know, if you're a good person, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you're saved. And we hear that a lot. Um, and it's one of our challenges in America. Everybody thinks they're good. It's those people that are bad. It's those people are bad. And everybody's good, and, and God's going to, you know, give us the double thumbs up. But we know that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. And I just wanted to make sure as a church that we don't ever get off track, that we don't do something because it seems right or it might be trendy, uh, but we want to make sure that we are on track with Jesus in synchronization with his word and his Holy Spirit that Salvation comes through faith in Christ. Amen. I'd like for us to just close our eyes and we're going to pray and we're going to close here a few minutes early. Heavenly Father, is there anything in our lives, whether it be uh, how we treat our own lives, our spouses, any of those things that could represent you, Like our families, Lord, represent you. Um, My life represents you. My marriage represents you. How I raise my children represents you. Uh, How I carry myself at work represents you. Lord, is there any area in our lives that are not in synchronization with your word? That's one thing. And Lord, it might seem okay to do certain things, but Lord, we know if we looked and we read and we prayed, 
according to your word, Lord, they're not exactly the way you would want us to live and conduct our lives. So Lord, I pray, God, that you would, uh, through your Holy Spirit, uh, convict us, meaning remind us and encourage us and propel us to change direction, repent, and ask the Lord for forgiveness, and Lord, that we would get back on track with your word, and that we would not fall prey to seems right, but Lord, we would want to always do, according to your word, what is right. And Lord, what we know is right is that salvation only comes through Jesus, not of works, but through you. Every head bowed, eye closed, just for a brief moment. You say, Pastor Mario, there's, there's probably some things in my life that I need to get back in sync with Jesus. It's after you just raise your hand. Amen. Yeah, I see your hand. I'm raising my hands. Thank you, Father. You can put your hands down. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us this morning. Help us to live according to your plan. Lord, we know that your desire for us is to live a life that you destined for us a life fulfilled in Christ. And Lord, we know that comes when we live a life that we know without a shadow of a doubt that salvation comes, faith in Christ. Thank you, Lord. We love you and help us to never fall prey to what seems right when we know it's contrary to what is right. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.